When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to them, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist, yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Christ. You may be seated. John asks a question from prison that we have all maybe asked in our own lives. And that question is, are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? One of the questions that gets asked so often in our world is, if Jesus has come already, why isn't this a better place? Why is there still crime? Why is there still injustice? Why is there still people who are hurting and suffering? And the truth of it is, is that our creation is still broken. Our creation is still broken until that time when Christ promises to come again and to make all things new. And in this season of Advent, what we cling to is the hope of that. The hope of Christ's return to make all things new, to restore the creation, to bring joy again to those who have not felt joy. Our first reading today from Isaiah brings forth one image of what this one uh, who is to come looks like. In fact, if you pay close attention, the list that is uh, shared in Isaiah is quite similar to the list shared in Matthew's Gospel. But there's a difference as well that you should pay attention to, and that difference is that in Isaiah, the prophecy says that God will come with vengeance. This chapter in Isaiah sits in kind of a weird spot. Uh, chapter 35 is not quite to what we know as 2nd Isaiah. It's still somewhere in the midst of 1st Isaiah. 1st Isaiah is a bunch of predictions about what are, what's going to happen to the people when they're sent into exile. And 2nd uh, Isaiah doesn't necessarily start till chapter 40. But here we are at chapter 35 with this imagery that feels a lot like 2nd Isaiah, but for whatever reason is inserted into 1st Isaiah. This imagery of what it looks like 
that uh, when God's people return from exile, what it looks like when this path, this road, this, this uh, holy way is created, a place where even those who have to use their GPS to go everywhere can find their way. No one can get lost. No one's going to get hurt on this way. No one's, go no one's going to have to face anything that would bring them fear in this journey. In fact, the deserts are going to bloom forth and there's going to be life springing up all over the place. So we find John in prison. And prison uh, in the Bible times looks nothing like prison today. Uh, when someone was in prison, the only way that person got fed is if their friends showed up with food to feed them. Uh, they were also allowed to have conversations and talk about things and uh, share what's going on in the world with one another. So this whole time that John is in prison, he's getting reports back from his disciples, from other people who are caring for him, helping him to know all that is going on. And we hear that that John saw what, or he heard, what the Messiah was doing. But I think there's another important piece of this to remember, is that it was just a couple of weeks ago that John is saying, you know, be ready, here comes Jesus with his winnowing fork in hand, going to separate out the wheat and the chaff. He's going to come with that same kind of vengeance that Isaiah lifts up. And so as John gets these reports about what Jesus is up to in the world, he could be confused. He may be feeling some doubt about who this person is. But he asks the question, are you the one who is to come or are we to wait for another? You see, I think for John, sitting there in prison, knowing that his likelihood of getting out of that prison wasn't great, is looking for the hope in the midst of his trial at that moment. He's looking for the hope in the midst of the things that he's enduring. And so he asks that question, are you the one or are we waiting for another? And Jesus, of course, never quite answers questions as directly and straight as we would like Jesus to, but this is pretty close. Because Jesus says to them, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. In fact, in Matthew's Gospel, these are exactly the things that Jesus has been doing in the chapters leading up to chapter 11. These are the things that, that Jesus has been up to. And so all he wants those disciples to do is tell John the things that they hear and the things that they see. Jesus is telling John by reflecting on those words from Isaiah 
that he is the one that you're waiting for, he just might not look exactly the way you thought he would. You see, everybody expected the Messiah to come with that same kind of vengeance and fire that's talked about. But here comes Jesus in a very different way. Bringing good news to the poor, healing those who are sick, restoring to community those who have been separated from community. And he also says to them, and he says to them, you know, you've seen it. To all those who would question, you've seen it, but you just haven't quite figured it out yet. And so Jesus has this whole conversation about the things that have been taking place. And he asks the crowds, why did you go out into the wilderness in the first place? What did you go to see? Did you, see, did you go to see somebody with great military power and who looks like a king? Is that what you went to see? But what did you see? You saw John the Baptist wearing camel's hair, eating locusts and honey. What did you see? Did you expect somebody out there in soft robes? This is the wilderness. Nobody's wearing their soft robes out in the wilderness. You ever gone through the brush and clothes that aren't quite sturdy enough? It's not a lot of fun. Who's going to go to the wilderness in their finest? And he asks the people, what did you go out to see? Prophet? Well, Jesus says, yes, and I tell you even more than a prophet. Because this is the one who has been sent to point us to, to Jesus. This is the one who's been sent to uh, help us see the way. And so again, scripture gets quoted. See, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. You see, when we follow Jesus, we have to remember that Jesus won't always lead us to the places that we expect, that our surroundings won't always look like we think they should that we might be challenged and asked to grow in the midst of following in a way that we aren't quite ready for. We might be a lot like the crowds who would simply sit back and say, well, I went out to see something different. So how did we end up here? How did we end up here? And I think what we can miss in the midst of this gospel this morning is what Jesus commands John's disciples to do. He says, go and tell John what you hear and what you see. What we forget so often is that the witness we share of what Christ is doing in the world is not some, always some personal story that has to connect with somebody. We don't have to be great at whatever the elevator pitch is to make others believe like we believe. We forget the simple call 
of Jesus that he gives to John through his disciples simply talk about the things you hear and the things you see. Simply talk about the ways that you see Christ's presence in the world around you. And I've said this before and I'll say it again because you just need to hear it over and over again. Is that this is work that we do for one another in our congregation. This is work that we do for one another for the sake of the world. And that is to see and hear what Jesus is doing in our midst. That's to lift up the ways that Jesus is active around us. Jesus is calling us into partnership with Jesus to be his disciples in the world. And you don't have to have some great personal story. All Jesus here is asking you to do is talk about what you see and what you hear. But I think there's an important lesson in the midst of that that we need to know as well. And that is, what are we looking for? What do we want to hear? Do we want to hear about a Messiah that looks like a king? Do we want to hear about a Messiah that wears soft robes and sits in palaces? Or do we want to hear about a Savior who meets us where we are? Who's not afraid of the wilderness? Who's not afraid to step outside of the comfortable places? Who's not afraid to reach out to those who are on the outside? Who's not afraid to lift up the lowly? Who's not afraid to be with those who are cast down? You see, we have to look and we have to hear in those places where Christ is actually at work. Or else we might look and hear the things that we want to hear and experience apart from what Christ is doing in the world. And yet, when you find it, and yet when you find it, when you recognize that voice, when you see the things that look like Christ is calling us to, you won't get lost on that journey. You won't misplace your way. There won't be creatures waiting to capture you on the route. But a way that has been prepared, a holy way, prepared by Christ for each of us. What are you looking for? What do you want to see? What do you want to hear? Amen.